So I want to talk about a few deacons this morning. And, and these are good deacons. Y'all start laughing when I said deacon. Y'all must know somebody I don't know. Acts the sixth chapter, verse three and verse five, and then I'll skip to Acts chapter seven and verse fifty-five. I'm doing this because I want to make a point. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report. What kind of report? Now, then he put a comma there, so that means to pause. Full of the Holy Ghost. Y'all see that? You know the church has been in error. We pick men because they look good. We pick men because they got money. We pick men because they are aged or we think they mature. We pick men because we like them. But none of those things are the requirement. Listen to the requirement. He said get seven. And first of all, they got to be people of honest report. In other words, they can't have a life of lying. And they got to be people who you can trust. It done got quiet already, first lady. But the church as large has done the church disservice. Because we don't go to the Bible for requirements to get people that will lead right so that the people can end up right. If the leaders are, you know, mess, messed up and dizzy as a merry-go-round, what you think the people going to be? So wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men, honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Amen. Verse 5 says, and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, Stephen, whichever you want to call him, a man full of faith, and watch this, and of the Holy Ghost. And Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, or Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, and the proselyte of Antioch. The proselyte. So they picked these men because they qualified. Acts 7, verse 55. But he being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly unto heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Now, what does all three of these verses have in common? They talked about being full of the Holy Ghost. That's what I want to talk about right briefly. Say that with me, full of the Holy Ghost. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you that being full of the Holy Ghost have been downplayed. Most churches have downplayed 
being full of the Holy Ghost. They don't even call it the Holy Ghost no more. They say Holy Spirit, which they don't understand. That don't make it no less because spirit and ghost is pneuma, which means the same thing. Wind, breath, breathe. So, full of the Holy Ghost, the requirements have not changed. Did you know that, that the requirements have not changed? People are saying they've been called to these positions, but not full of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not trying to be popular, so don't worry about me. I'm just trying to be biblical. People are full of all kind of junk. And you find out during the pandemic, folks are full of all kinds of crazy stuff. They say anything, they do anything. And when they were away from the church, they got even worse. The only thing that was keeping a lot of us is that we were still able to come to the house of God and get cleaned up a little bit and go back into a dirty world. But if you don't have nothing washing you, you remain dirty. The word, the Bible said we're clean through the word. I need the word to clean me up. How many of you can agree with me? You need the word to clean you up. I need the word to clean me, to wash me. Because if not, I'm going to be a mess. A mess in a mess. Because this flesh is nothing but mess. A fleshy mess. Or a messy flesh, whichever one you want to call it. Flesh is a mess. I don't care who bones it on. And if you don't keep it in subjection, if you don't keep that thing under control, it will show you that it is still flesh. That's like you can wash a pig up and make him, you know, hey, we're going to put him in the house and clean him up. But I tell you what, you drive by a mud puddle and open the door. He's going to go right back and get in the dirt that he came out of. Hallelujah. And that's why some of us, we don't need to be away from the church for so long. Because you find yourself right back where you were and worse. Because when a man clean his house, you know, he might get rid of everything. But if he don't put nothing in it, the Bible says he come back, the, the demon come back with seven more. The devil comes back reinforced to mess your life up. Now the goal is, is to make you miss God and not go get reconnected with God. And not only that, but he wants to take your seed out as well. But we're not going to give him the satisfaction to take us out. We're not going to do it. We are not going to, I don't care what I got to do if I got to crawl to the altar. If I got to come to the altar every Sunday. I messed up last Sunday, I'm back at the altar again. You got to come to Sunday, come to the altar until I get myself right. I don't care what people say, I got to come to the altar again. Look good, I don't care who looking. If I got to come every, why they come every Sunday? They trying to get clean. You ought to give them, you know, give them an a, 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 a A for effort 
because they're coming to get clean. But I want to look at a man called Stephen, who is described in the Bible three times as a man full of the Holy Ghost. And I want to learn, or, or I want you to learn some truths from the life and the work of this man because whom we are told three times that he was full of the Holy Ghost. Now in Acts 6 and 3, men were chosen to help in the expanding and the growth of the work of the early church. And they were to be men full of the Holy Ghost. And in verse 5, Stephen is described as such man. And in verse 8, instead of putting uh, full of faith, it says, and of the Holy Ghost, as in found in verse 5. So the Bible says that Stephen was full of faith and power. And so we are fully aware that one who is full of the Holy Ghost is full of power. Because in Acts 1 and 8, he said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You don't get the power before. You only get the power after. Some folk think they got power before they receive the Holy Ghost. No, you only get power after the Holy Ghost. And so we know that Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost because the Bible says he was full with power. Don't you want to be filled with power? So you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. I understand that this type of teaching is not popular in the day that we live in because, you know, some folks have been uh, taught wrong and, you know, they didn't do it justice. Because, you know, when I was coming along, you know, we, you know, they told us that, you know, to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you got to get on the altar and you got to tear it and everything like that. There's nothing wrong with getting on the altar and seeking God. I'm not making light of that, uh, belittling that. But, you know, when they was on the altar, you know, and they get there and you know, they tell you to call on Jesus and you be there, you know, for hours calling on Jesus. And, you know, and then, you know, you, you know, stuff start coming out your mouth and they say, ooh, they purging, they purging, you know. Or whatever like that. You know, some of y'all know about that. Amen. But you know, I read one day in the Bible, he said that if you want the Holy Spirit, ask for it. Anybody else read that before too? He said, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, just ask for it. And he being, you know, the God that he is, he'll give it to you. So if you being, being evil, know how to good give good gifts to your children, how much more would your heavenly father give the gift of the Holy Ghost to you? Now, I'm just in a teaching mood right now. But I'm telling you, we don't you make light of the Holy Ghost. Now, let me let's just say this. Now, some of us, you know, we went to school. We got our bachelor's degree and everything like that. And we worked. We paid our money and everything. And we worked at it because. And then we started working. Whatever, and then, you know, you found out that if you had your master's, you know, you can increase and you can get a pay raise and get a new position and yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you did that even though that it cost you some time, it cost you some late nights because you had to write papers, it cost you all of that, and you had to pay your money to do it. And you were willing to do all of that so you can get what? A promotion so that you can put yourself in the line and the light of the one that does the hiring so that you can do better for yourself. So you can make an extra ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year, right? right? Right. Well, what if, what about the Holy Spirit? 
You say, well, you know, I'm saved, bishop, and everything. You know, I've never heard there'd be such a thing as the Holy Ghost. Why would I need the Holy I'm saved. I got on my way to heaven or whatever like that. But you know, in the Acts uh, the 19 in verse 4, it says, you know, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And some of us think that we're good enough and we can fight these battles on our own. You cannot fight some of these battles without the Holy Ghost. There's some demons out there that will whip you to no end. And there's some demons that are reinforcing. Are y'all hearing me? And you don't want to be like the seven sons of Sceva, you know. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? And they whipped them, my God, until they whipped their clothes off of them. They were running, running away naked and bleeding. Huh? So you need the power of the Holy Ghost for the advancement for where God is taking you. Don't you belittle that. Don't you fight against that. I don't care what other folks. It ain't got nothing to do with the, you know, the name of your church. All of us need the power of the Holy Ghost. All of us need to be full of the Holy Ghost. I don't care if you're Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Church of God in Christ, Church of God, three-day church, four-day church, eight-day. I don't care. You need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I know we haven't been talking about it much. Most churches, we just haven't been talking about being filled with the Holy Ghost. And a lot of us make light of being filled with the Holy Ghost. And, you know, we don't really need all of that. All of that went out with the apostles. That went out with the apostles. All that other stuff you still doing that the apostles doing. You still saying you're trying to love. You're still trying to have faith. All the other stuff you're still trying to have. But we don't want that right there. We don't want that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can't choose, pick and choose what you want when Jesus said, when I leave here, I'm going to leave the comforter with you. And he said, you need him so he can lead and guide you. Who are we to tell Jesus what we don't need? Hallelujah. And so the thing that I find exciting when, is when Stephen is first mentioned when he is last mentioned in, in chapter 7, verse 55. He is described as being full of the Holy Ghost. And here was a man in whose life fullness was maintained right to the very end. So let's see what it means to be filled or full of the Holy Ghost. Y'all ready? Number one, notice how a life for the Holy Ghost serves. Everybody say it with me, serves. So I want, want, want the first point I want you to know, I ain't got but three. A life full of the Holy Ghost serves. Got it? Now Acts 6 and 2, look at it. It says, then the 12 called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. See verse 2, that the early church needed some men to serve and they recognize that the service cannot be what it ought to be without the fullness of the Holy Ghost. We need people to serve, but the prerequisite is that they need to be full of the Holy Ghost. And so some of us, well, I, Reverend, I, that's kind of a low position for me. See, the lowness of service demand of, had a demand on him. 
that he was willing to serve no matter what position he was in that city. And so Stephen was asked to raise the dust in a hurry to serve, to minister to the widows. So Stephen was asked to care of the inerrants of the church. In other words, he was no more than an errand boy. He went and did things on the behalf of the church. He served the church. You mean to tell me I need the Holy Spirit in order to serve the church? Yes. Because if you stay here long enough, some of these people with their different personalities and their attitude and their raunchy looks and how they will look at you and how they will tell you things, even walking through that door, you tell them, all right, I need you to go this way. I ain't going that way. I'm going this way. Are you going to need the Holy Ghost to serve? You serve with people long enough and you do them good and you help them with all their stuff and one day they turn their backs on you. You didn't help them, their children, their mama, they don't help their grandmama, you don't help them, my God, with their schoolwork and everything else. And one day they turn their backs on you. How many of y'all been tipped and not helping anybody because somebody did you in? Everybody had a chance for somebody to really do them in. You tried to do good to them, but they did, they did the opposite for you. Hallelujah. Well, please don't give up on people because of one person. Because let me tell you something. People will spend your money and still not like you. And watch this. They'll suffer from amnesia. They owe you money and act like they don't owe you nothing. And they, 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 when, they, when they come to you, they be real sincere. Yeah, if you just loan me this, I'm going to pay you back. I got, I, I'm, I'm, I got some things working. And I, I, it'll be here. It'll be here. And I, I'm going I'm I'm to pay you. You better have the Holy Ghost because if they start talking to you like they don't owe you nothing and start talking junk in your face, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, we might have to break up a fight. Negro, you owe me $500. You don't have the right to talk to me like that. I'll slap you right now. much as you owe me, shut your mouth. See, I'm telling you, you're going to have to have the Holy Ghost, see? See, see you got to have the Holy Ghost. Because mm -hmm. see, you know some of y'all ain't quite been delivered from fighting. You still got, you, you working on it. You done grew about that much. God got to, you know, open that thing up. Amen. Now, some of y'all look very anointed, but I'm going to tell you right now, if they catch you the wrong day, I'll snatch my wig off and beat the bricks off of you. I'll snatch my wig off. Don't mess with me now. 
<laughs> you better know. You better ask somebody. But yet here is a man who was humble enough and willing, y'all all right, to do a very insignificant thing by human standards. Uh, far too many are willing to serve if the job is big enough. We don't mind serving if we're doing something big and everybody going, he's a jolly good fellow. You know, uh-uh. He was willing to serve. Fullness of the Holy Ghost will allow one to serve without recognition. Folk will leave your church because they felt like they did not get the recognition that they deserved. You did not call my name out. All I've been doing for the church and you never said nothing about me. You got to be full of the Holy Ghost and even if you're not being recognized. Amen, amen. I quit being deacon because they, they didn't never talk about me. I quit being deacon. They, and all that they wanted me to do, that was too much service. They ain't never called my name out so I just quit. Y'all don't, don't like this kind of teaching. Let me just tell you about a man. Years ago, in 1853, uh, J. Hudson Taylor, he arrived at uh, Shanghai as a young 21-year-old uh, missionary. And a lot of us, you know, we don't want to be missionaries. And 12 years later, he founded China Inland Mission and became the first Protestant missionary to go to inland China. Taylor led the China Inland Mission for the next 40 years. And at the time of his death in 1905, the mission had 205 stations, 849 missionaries, and 125,000 Chinese uh, uh, Christians. And near the end of his life, two ladies in Shanghai once began talking about him. They were wondering if he would, had, would have, was ever tempted to be proud. And one of the ladies went and asked Miss Taylor. She's, uh, she did not know. Miss Taylor, I don't know. But Miss Taylor went and asked Hudson. And so he was surprised and inquired, proud about what? And so Miss Taylor replied, why? About the things you have done. And so immediately Hudson replied with a beautiful answer. He said, I never knew I had done anything. He was right. Hudson Taylor Never had done anything. It was God who had worked through him. It was God. And we got to position ourselves that, hey, God, you got to get the glory out of our lives. Is there anybody here want God to get the glory out of your life? You know, we can want our name to be written down. But, you know, we want to be, you know, see uh, the lights flashing and everything else. And, you know, we want to be uh, a superstar and everything else. But do we want God to get the glory out of our lives? Now, I made up my mind a long time ago that God going to get the glory out of my life. I don't care who like me, who don't like me. And I'm telling you right now, they're going to people, people don't like you just because, without a reason, because they don't know 
because they just don't like you because but I'm telling you it don't matter because I'm going to serve God because I'm going to love God because and I'm going to have the peace of God because I thank God for my peace I didn't always have peace serving God but I've learned how to have peace in God because everybody not going to go with you everybody not going to pat you on the back you got to know that I got the peace of God whether they come come what may I'm going to stay with Jesus I don't care what they say how they look and what they want to do I got to do what I got to do and that is serve Jesus hallelujah sometimes you're crying but you're serving Jesus sometimes you're upset but you're still serving Jesus Sometimes you don't know where to go, but you're serving Jesus. Sometimes you don't know where to turn, but you're serving Jesus. How many I got in here today that going to serve Jesus no matter what? If your name called out or not, I'm going to serve Jesus. Look down your and tell everybody, I done made up my mind. I'm going to serve Jesus. Hallelujah, and watch this. You might have been filled with the Holy Ghost one time, two times, three times, but you need a refilling on a consistent basis. You need a refilling of the Holy Ghost. That's why he said he was full of the Holy Ghost. I went here on uh, Saturday, went with the, you know, the age ministry. We went up there to see the new, uh, you know, uh, uh, Black Street, the Wall Street, Black Wall Street. And my God, uh, you know, after I had drove that car, the needle had gotten a little, low and it said you need to refill up. That's all I'm trying to tell you. If you're going anywhere if you're doing anything you're going to need a refilling. It's those that got their car in the garage filled up that don't need a refilling and if they don't watch it they're going to evaporate anyhow. But I'm telling you right now you're going to need a refilling with what God is going to do in your life. You need the refilling of the Holy Ghost with the task that he got on your life. Who in here need to be a refill to day because God is moving in your life it's critical that I be refilled it's imperative that I be filled first lady and the Bible says we need to be full of the Holy Ghost I need to be filled to serve say that with me I need to be filled to serve hallelujah y'all be seated y'all be seated I'm coming I'm just excited, that's all. And so the faithfulness of the service displayed by Stephen was really just awesome. Stephen was full. He was faithful. And he was faithful to death. They stoned him. Stoned him. Why? For speaking the truth. Stephen was faithful to the finish. Are you listening to me? And you know, sometimes people will say stuff, but really they don't know what they're talking about. An elderly preacher was rebuked by one of his deacons one Sunday morning before service. And the pastor said to the man, something must be wrong with your preaching and your work. There's only been one person added to the church in a whole year. And he's just a boy. And the minister listened to it. And his eyes moist, was moistening and his thin hand trembling. 
And he said, I feel it all, but God knows I've tried to do my duty. And on that day, the minister's heart was heavy as he stood before his flock. And as he finished the message, he felt a strong inclination to resign. And after everyone had left, that one boy came to him and asked, do you think if I work hard for an education, I could become a preacher, and perhaps a missionary? And again, tears welled up in the minister's eyes. And he said, ah, oh, this healed the ache I feel, he said. Robert, I see the divine hand now. May God bless you, my boy. Yes, I think you will become a preacher. And many years later, an aged missionary returned to London from Africa. His name was spoken with reverence. Nobles invited him to their home, and he had added many souls to the Church of Jesus Christ, reaching even some of the Africa's most savage chiefs. His name was Robert Morfin. That same Robert who years before had spoken to the pastor that Sunday morning in that little old church had reached millions for Jesus Christ. And so the fullness of the Holy Spirit will help us to be faithful and he will give us the grace to lead the results with him. I don't care if it looks like nothing is happening when you are serving. You better know that God is working through you and he will get the glory out of it. So the fullness of the Holy Spirit will help us be faithful and he will give us grace to lead the results to him. Now Stephen, uh, faithfulness cost him his life. However, a young man named Paul was watching. See, when, when one stopped, God got somebody else that he's working on. Verse 58, that's what he said. Stephen, his modern, must have looked to the early church as a waste. But Stephen was making an indelible mark on the soul of Saul. When he saw that that man was willing to die and say, Father, they don't know what they're doing. And so the life full of the Holy Ghost will be found faithful. Number two, notice how the life full of the Holy Ghost speaks. Everybody say speak. Acts 6 and 10. It says, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. So when Stephen spoke, things happened. Why? Because he was full of the Holy Ghost. If you look at what is recorded that he said in chapter 7, you will notice uh, two things. And I'm telling you, as you notice these two things, you got to look at yourself and say, you know, what happens when I speak? Because when Stephen spoke, things happened. What happens when you speak? Does things happen when you speak? Or nothing happens? Two things. Number one, the insight that he had into the truth of God. Everybody say insight. 52 verses are given over to what he said. 
Here was a man who was thoroughly soaked in the scripture. And Stephen's fullness of the Holy Ghost is closely related to his being saturated with the word of God. Saturated with the word of God. We can't hardly get you to come to Bible study. And you barely get creep up in here on Sunday. But he was saturated with the word of God. Now here's a man who has been taught by the Holy Ghost of God. And one of the greatest ministries of the Holy Ghost is his teaching ministry. The Holy Ghost has a teaching ministry. John 14 and 26. But the comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. He helps you teach. John 16 and 13 says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So the Holy Ghost wants to teach you and I, and he will use the book to do it. He will use the, uh, the Holy Scriptures to do it. So he, he, you get insight from God's Holy Word. And not only that, but the impact that he had in testifying for God. Everybody say impact. Not only did he have insight, but he had impact. Can you say amen? There was power behind his word. Look at verse 54, if you will. When they heard these things, they were cut to their heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he being full of the Holy Ghost, but he being full of the Holy Ghost, but he being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Why are they doing you in? you full of the Holy Ghost. You are not moved by what people do, but your eyes eyes are still on God so his word was a disturbing word they were upset because of what Stephen was preaching he didn't have the title of apostle he didn't have the title of bishop he didn't have the title of pastor he didn't have the title of elder or minister or anything else evangelist prophet whatever he didn't have that title but what he had was the Holy Ghost and because he had the Holy Ghost, the words that he spoke was piercing to their heart. They could not hardly take it because of what he was saying was so true that they did not like what he was saying. When you are in darkness, you do not like light. You don't want to hear what the good things that light bring because you want to stay in darkness. They were so mad with him, they picked up stones. We're not that bad. We don't need to repent. And he was calling them to repent. But they'd rather pick up a stone than repent and turn to God. How many people are picking up spiritual stones? And throwing them at you because of what you say about God. You don't agree with some of these things. That they becoming a political thing. And some people you know. They serve politics as their religion. Politics. 
does not determine my relationship with God. Without an elephant, without a donkey, and without anything that they got to say up there in Washington, I'm still connected to God. And if you get full of the Holy Ghost and you are running for an office, you're in an office, they're not going to like you. Because you're going to tell them the truth. These people so upset with Stephen that they picked up stone and killed the man. And Paul said, my God, what is this that a man would believe so strong that he'll willing to stand up there and let them stone him and die over it? He made an indelible impression on him. That there's something that's in this man that he was willing to die. Right now, we hurt our fingernail. We... I can't come to I can't come to Bible study. I broke my nail. I gotta get my nail fixed before I come back. Then you better wrap that nail up in a band-aid and bring your hips on here. <laughs> so the Holy Ghost. The, his words were disturbing words. His words was convicting words. If you speak the Bible, you're going to speak with conviction. Your family member's not going to like you. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Your immediate family, some of them not going to like you. Your brother, your sister. When you speak the word, be ready to not be liked. Prepare yourself to be talked about. And when they call everybody in to come to have the woo-woo, they're not calling you. Because he's going to destroy the party because he's going to come in and tell us, hey, you got to put that reefer down. You can't be in here. Uh-huh. Church now is becoming more liberal. Right. We're becoming more lenient. Yes, We're becoming more tolerating. Stuff that we didn't used to tolerate, we tolerate now. Yes, sir. See, what I'm talking about is not popular right now. No, sir. But it's power. Yes. See, God wants you to have power with him. You want to have power to destroy yokes. That when people tell you in your face, I don't want to be saved, but you're going to work on them until they get saved. Every time they see you, they're going to be like, uh-oh, here it comes. You ever been in a department store and you see somebody you know they're running from you? Huh? I, I have it all the time. Maybe see so I'm trying to wave at them. They just, man, they just taking off. They done took down that other aisle. I'm trying to, you know. 
Then I can, oh, hey, I didn't see you. You lying. I didn't see you. I saw you, though. And I wasn't going to leave this store until I get a chance to talk to you. You know, I'm just like that. Hallelujah. But you need power. I don't know if you're a school teacher or not, but you're going to need power to, to, to work with some of these kids. You're going to need the Holy Ghost to work with some of these children. And I don't know if you're a parent, but you're going to need the Holy Ghost to work with your own children. All that stuff they up against in school. Look, EJ teaches us something all the time. And he in a private Christian school. He told his nana the other day, Nana, you got the drip. <laughs> what the drip? What is drip? That, that, that's, that, yeah, that's, that, uh, yeah, but, but it's good now, though. That, that's a new word. Back in the day, that, you know, that probably wouldn't have been good. But, but, but that's what they say now. I said, well, what a drip, uh, EJ? That's, that means you cool. <laughs> that means you smooth. Huh? That means you lit. Say, Lord, if you don't help me here. <laughs> and then I mess with I say, I say, baby, you got the drip on you. <laughs> drip drop. <laughs> help us, Jesus. So when they come home and bring you stuff. God, you're going to have to bring the Holy Spirit. Give me what to say to my children. I don't want to lose them to the school and to the world. And number three. Last one. Notice how the fullness of the Holy Ghost shines. Now what three things I just said. Number one, you got to serve. Number two, it speaks and number three shines now look at acts 6 and 15 it says and all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him saw his face as he had been the face of an angel look at this here all looking saw you see that it said, and all that sat in the council looking steadfast on him saw his face as he had the face of an angel. So all looking saw something. And what do people see when they look at you or they look at me? Now note the proximity in which the glory shone. Now how close were these men to Stephen? Not more than a few feet away, I imagine. It is in the closer relationship of life that the truth is known. Truth begs to be examined, investigated, and scrutinized for when it, it is, uh, we will shine forth. 
So that's the only time it's going to shine for when it is going through some type of examination or some type of scrutiny. And so what do people see who are close to you? What do members uh, of your family see when they look at you? And you need to be uh, shining with your light uh, bright every day. Do they see a person that they say, ooh, I believe that they are trying to do the right thing on the behalf of God? Or do they see somebody who is a hypocrite? Or do they see somebody that wants everybody to know that God changed my life? Can you say amen? amen? So now the tremendous thing about this is that when we look at Naomi's impact upon Ruth was that in the close relationship of the mother-in-law, the daughter-in-law, which was often stained, Ruth could not resist the uh, attraction of what she saw in her mother-in-law. And so she wanted Naomi's God to be her God. And when people look at you, do they see heaven? Do they see a person that is really in touch with God? Or do they see somebody that's, uh, you know, got a, a, a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. You look good in the suit, but you act in a different way. You look good with the purse on your shoulder and the nice dress and the hat, but my God, your actions are saying something totally different. Can you say amen? Here we see, my God, note that the divinity of which the glory spoke. Here was something supernatural. Somebody say supernatural. It could not be explained any other way. Do others see the supernatural in your life? Can others explain your life only in the terms of the supernatural? Remember this, Christians have no right to be believed until we cannot be explained. I'm telling you, <laughs> you'll get that on next week. Yes, 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 yes. You got to understand something that Stephen was full, a man full of the spirit. A fullness that caused him to serve, speak, and shine. And so a fullness that was maintained uh, to every end. And so, my God, as I close, some of you all remember uh, D.L. Moody and how he was an evangelist. And this evangelist, he had a campaign in England. And the elderly pastor protests, why do we need this Mr. Moody? And he's uneducated. He, he's inexperienced. He don't know what he's talking about. Who does he think he is anyway? Does he think that he has a monopoly on the Holy Spirit? Well, a younger, wiser pastor rose and responded. He said, no, but the Holy Spirit has a monopoly on Mr. Moody. Oh, I like that because Stephen was also a man who the Holy Ghost had a monopoly on him and so my question for you as I close does the Holy Ghost have a monopoly on you I'm asking you the question does the Holy Spirit have the monopoly on your life you need to let the Holy Spirit have the monopoly on your life can you say amen yes 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 I'm, I'll be the first one to tell you I don't mind folk knowing that I am filled with the Holy Ghost I don't mind folk knowing that I got all got that holy stuff on the inside of me. I'm not afraid. I am not my God.
God. I don't care who knows it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed to be saying I am filled of the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed to say that I speak in my heavenly language. I'm not ashamed to say I've been bought with a price. I'm not ashamed to say I love Jesus. I'm not ashamed to let everybody know that I've been born again. I've been blood washed and I've been sanctified. Can you say amen? And I don't care who knows that I'm sanctified because all sanctification means my God is that I have been cleansed. I have been washed. It is a consistent life of obedience and I want to be sanctified. I have to be sanctified. Can you say amen? And I don't care how y'all look at me but I've been here these 30 years because I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I wouldn't have last, Brother Elder, if I hadn't been full of the Holy Ghost. With the test that some of you all put me on and the test that I was faced with, I never would have made it. Can you say amen? I can understand the song now. I never would have made it without you. How many of you know you never would have made it if it had not been for God on your side? I know I wouldn't have made it, but I'm glad I made it. Look down your row and say, I'm glad I made it. I made it through the thick and the thin. I made it through the water. I made it through the flood. I made it through the fire. I made it. And I want you to know I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I will be filled with the Holy Ghost. I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I need to be filled so I can serve better. I need to be filled so I can speak better. I need to be filled so I can serve better. So I can speak better so I can shine better. I need to be filled so I can have insight. I need to be filled so I can have an impact. I need to be filled so I can live a better life. I need to be filled so I can help others get filled. Can you say amen? And y'all want to know what my prayer is. My prayer is Feel me, feel me so I can love right, feel me so I can talk right, feel me so I can live right, feel me so I can do the impossible. Can you say amen? Would you look at your neighbor and say neighbor, do you need to be refilled? I need to be refilled uh, for, for the things that I'm going to face uh, because I know that God uh, has an assignment on my life. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, is there anybody here uh, that know they got an assignment on their life? Uh, if you got an assignment on your life, uh, stand on your feet and say, Lord, uh, I need to be filled uh, for the assignment that's on my life. Uh, come on, I need you to open your mouth uh, and lift up your hands uh, and say, Lord, Lord, uh, I need uh, to be filled uh, 
for my assignment. Can you say amen? Now praise God for your assignment. Thank him for your assignment. Give him glory for your assignment. I need to be filled so I can live in this world. I need the Holy Ghost. I will not downplay the power of God. I need the Holy Ghost, the priest of this dying world. Can you say amen? Look at the prophet there. He said, I'm not going to say another word because I'm tired of these people. Can you say amen? But I can see the prophet saying, I ain't going to that church no more. They don't want to hear what I got to say anyway. But we my God. And he start to turn around. He said, it was just like fire. Shut up in my bone. I can't help myself but talk about Jesus. I can't help myself but live for Jesus. I can't help myself but give him the praise and give him the glory and give him the honor. Can you say amen? When you get feel, you'll save yourself a lot of trouble. When you get feel, you'll save yourself a lot of heartaches. When you get feel, you'll save yourself from a lot of people. Can you say amen? Because the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you wherever you need to go. Can you say amen? I'm following the Holy Ghost, but it won't drag you. And it won't pull you, it won't make you, but it'll lead you and guide you everywhere you go. Can you say amen? I got some places to go, so I need the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Ghost to lead me. Give somebody an F5 and say, I need the Holy Ghost. The power shall glory. Don't you leave without the power. Don't you leave home without the power. Take the power everywhere you go. Can you say yes? Shout yeah. I need, I need the power of God in these last days. Said God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, upon all flesh. Young men will see vision. My God, old men will have dreams in the last days. On my main service, on my main service, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Let God pour out his spirit on you. Let God fill you with his spirit. Let God, my God, build his spirit inside you. Can you shout glory? I need his spirit. I gotta have his spirit on the inside of me. Shout glory. Tell everybody on your row, get the spirit of God on the inside of you you'll never be the same can you shout glory 
Yeah! Hey! I'm glad he chose the fearless boy from Valdosta, Georgia. Years ago, he was going the wrong way. This boy need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm glad he filled me with the Holy Ghost. I can love people that don't love me back. I know how to love folk that do me wrong and don't pay me back. I love them still, not because of Harvey B, but because of the Holy Ghost down on the inside. Shout glory. Now anybody here glad they feel with the Holy Ghost? Give God a praise. Give God a Shabbat. Give God a hallelujah praise. Give God a holla praise. If you glad to be filled, I'm glad to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now testify to somebody. Find your three people and tell them, say, I'm glad to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for God's power in my life. Glad to be filled. Glad to be saved. Glad to have him. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all your days of your life. And the Holy Ghost, the power of God, will come into your life and change your whole disposition. Change you all the way around. Change you inside out. Shout glory. Because when John, my God, met Jesus, they were in the womb. My God, the Bible said, the baby leaped in marriage. Can you in Elizabeth room? Can you say amen? They had the baby to leap. You need something on the inside to make your vision leap. You need something on the inside to make the word of God leap. To make your vision leap. To make your dreams leap. Can you shout glory? Because you're pregnant with destiny. You're pregnant with what God says he has in your life. Shout glory. I'm glad today. I'm not ashamed to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Do I have anybody in here that's not ashamed? If you're not ashamed, throw up your hand and say, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm glad to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now ask God, fill me again. Fill me again. Fill me. Fill me again. Shout yes. Yeah. Today, did you realize how much the enemy fights you from?
highest level of being filled with the Holy Spirit. He don't want you to have more insight. Don't have no time for the better. When you are filled and full of the Holy Ghost. It's nothing to be afraid of. Couldn't say way better. God's not going to give you anything different. You ask for the Holy Spirit, that's what He's going to give you. He's going to give it to you. That's the kind of, that's the kind of daddy we have. And, and that's how life is all together. Some of us going out here with our lip hung out, head hung down. For what? If God several of you in here, the promise is so close to you. Oh, glory to God. That promise is so close. And you're at the verge, you're at the point to give up on the promise. But now is not the time to give up on the promise. What you need to do is posture yourself where you're ready to receive the promise If he promised you that he would work your marriage out and it ain't looking good, don't worry about it. If God made the promise, it's going to happen. If he made the promise that he's going to turn your finances around, you rest on that promise. If he made the promise that he was going to call you to be debt free, you don't you give up on that promise. I don't care how bad it looks. If he said he was going to take you out of poverty, you rest on the promises of God. I'm coming out of poverty. You got to say it. I'm coming out of this. You know, I believe, I, you know, I've been believing God for debt-free living for quite some time. And I'm talking about with everything. working on the third one. Hallelujah. And then I got to get the fourth one and the fifth one. Hallelujah. But I'm believing God. It might seem like it's impossible. It may seem like it's way out there. But I'm telling you, I receive the promises
person that I know what God done promised us. And I'm waiting on the promises of God. I believe I shall see. I believe I shall see. Hallelujah. I will see, I will live to see it happen. Come on, say it with me. I will live to see it happen. I got some things that I want God to do, not just for me. I got some things that I want God to do for this ministry. I got some things I want to see God do for this ministry. I'm talking about the winning church. I'm talking about the winning academy. The Georgia Bible College. Everything that's tied to this ministry. I'm looking God to do something great for this ministry. And when I say this ministry, that includes all of you. I'm looking for God to show out on your behalf. I'm looking God for God to do a, a miracle in your life. If you need one, just say, Lord, I need a miracle. Now, you don't smoke that. You need it, right? Now watch this. Turn around and say, Lord, I receive my miracle. See, now you got to act like you already received it right there. You got to act. I, you know, I need something for this church. I need God to show out on this church's behalf. I'm not talking about Harvey B. now. I'm talking about for this church. I need God to show out for the winning church because I'm not, I'm not talking about being in competition with other churches. I'm not talking about we want to be better than this one and be better. Uh-uh, none of that. Because all churches, listen, we need everybody. We need everybody. All these unsaved folk out here, we need everybody. To do. But I'm talking about for the winning church, I'm looking for God to do something spectacular in the winning church that's going to blow our minds. I want God to show out on our behalf. Hallelujah. How many of you need God to do something special in this house? I need God to do something special in this house. I want him to show out. And when he does it, when he does it, it will be no doubt in anybody's mind that God heard and he hears our cry and our prayer. I'm looking for God to show out on the behalf of the winning church. Are y'all feeling me on that? I believe that. I, I, I receive that. That he's going to show out on the behalf of this man. And that includes you because God, listen, if, if he don't give you a testimony, how can you tell it to the world what God did? Look at someone in the and say, God's got to give me a testimony so I can tell it to somebody else. So God's going to, he's getting ready to give you a testimony so that you can tell somebody. I'm talking about a fresh testimony. I'm talking about in this week to come testimony. I ain't talking about far away from here. I'm talking about this week to come testimony. God got to do something in your life this week to come so you can have a fresh testimony of, or he going to complete what he's already been doing this week, this week, this week, this week. So God can give you a fresh testimony. Anybody want a fresh testimony? Come on, say it out of your own mouth. Lord, I want a fresh testimony so I can tell somebody else 
of how good you've been in my life. Hallelujah. Now celebrate like you already have the testimony. See, I need God to do something for this ministry. I'm going to sow on it because I know he's going to do it. He's going to do what he told He's going to do what he told me. I know God's going to do it because I heard him say it. So I got to sow on it today because I know God's going to do something special and spectacular in this ministry. It is not just for me, but it's for everybody that's a part of this ministry that he's going to do it. And he's not going to take a long time doing it, but it's going to be fresh on this ministry. It's going to be fresh on your house. He's going to do a fresh thing. He's going to do a new thing. It's going to be a turnaround thing. Lift your hand if you receive it. Say, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it now. I receive it now. I receive it now. Hallelujah. There's several of you have been waiting. You put your application in, so to speak. You've inquired about the thing, so to speak. You've been doing everything you could. You've been showing face, and they know that you're up for promotion. Whatever the case may be. But breakthrough is about to happen for you. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. I don't know who you are, but I'm telling you right now. Breakthrough is about to happen for you. Hallelujah. I can't hardly wait to share to see the testimonies of what God is about to do in the winning church. I can't speak for everybody else. I let that pastor speak for them. But I'm telling you, I can't hardly wait for the testimonies that's going to happen right here before our very eyes. And watch this. Some of y'all ain't going to be looking for nothing, but God's going to do it anyway because of your faithfulness. <laughs> because of your diligence, because of your faithfulness, because you always doing what you're supposed to do. God going to turn around and blow you away with what he wants to do in your life. Hallelujah. If you allow me to tell you, it's your time. It's your time to shout. It's your time to serve. It's your time to speak. And it's your time to shout. Are you hearing me? It is not for you to show off. It's for you to give God the glory. Are you following me? It's for you to give God the glory. Father, we will give you the glory in everything that we do. We honor you in this place. Fill us with the Holy Ghost. What we talked about today might have not have been popular, Lord, but it's popular with you. You know what your people need so that we can live a life above reproach. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. Put your hands together and give God.